We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, all right, all right. We are back, and it is a Monday, and I'm back from Arizona. I'm back at school, and uh, I guess things are normal. Things kind of flew by, uh, but we are back, and we're ready to talk some off-season Notre Dame football. Now, Brian and I are still going to do our Upon Further Review show. We're going to do all of those things that we normally do after a game because clearly there's still a lot to talk about from the Fiesta Bowl and, and the aftermath and all of that. Um but, uh, but I believe Brian is in the air here in about, uh, I don't know, pretty quickly. So he's he's flying back from Arizona. So uh, you get me today and a special guest, which will be a recurring guest here real quickly, uh, Ryan Roberts. He is our new recruiting expert. He is the big hire that uh, that we made here very recently, and he's jumping in with both feet, which is Awesome. I'm so stinking excited to have Ryan on board. And again, and I will repeat what Brian always says, it's because of the support of all of you guys and everything that, you know, the, the year that we had. And, and and he promised that if if things went well, he would reinvest in the company. And that is the living, breathing version right there of reinvesting in the company. And uh, Ryan, we are pumped to have you on board, my man. Now nah, I'm I'm really excited to be here. Obviously, I've you know done some work from the NFL draft side of things for the site in the past, and just being able to work with you and Brian, the rest of the crew. I'm so excited. I, I wore my IB Nation. Team, yeah, so I'm I'm pumped up, man, to say the least. So I love it. I, I love it. So what we're gonna do today, everybody, is we're gonna we're gonna talk to Ryan. We're gonna gonna kind of get a, a little bit of background on Ryan and and where he's at and what he's gonna be doing for us, and then we're gonna jump into. Some of the NFL draft decisions, some of the ones that have already been made, some of the ones that have yet to be made. Then we're going to talk about what we think they should do, what what we think they will do, and 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 so on and so forth. And if we have some time uh, before uh, you know fifth period starts, uh, we'll uh, we'll jump into some questions from the uh, from from the viewers and and all that. So uh, so without further ado, Ryan Roberts, our new recruiting guy, Ryan. What got you into this whole thing in the first place uh, to want to be, uh, you know, involved with 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 recruiting and the draft and all of those fun things? 
Yeah, I mean, so I, I played football briefly at Frostburg State University, um, and I had kind of torn up both my shoulders. I played linebacker, so it was kind of, you know, kind of foregone conclusion. The li- a linebacker without shoulders is probably not going to play football for too much longer. So I, I really kind of struggled a- after that trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So I actually went into the, the high school coaching side of things. I coached for like seven, eight years, and I did the you know, the freelance type of writing on the side. And I really got heavy and it's always kind of been a passion of mine for the NFL draft side of everything. Cause I just, I, I, I feel like I kind of have that coach's eye. So I just love to kind of break down film and just to see, you know, what makes a player tick and how they would translate to the next level, all that good stuff. You go. So, um, you know, we get, we started getting into that. And then a few years ago, I caught on, on with NFL draft Bible, which is actually on sports illustrated as well. They're the NFL draft section of sports illustrated. And I was the director of, of scouting over there for, for a couple years and, uh, eventually decided to make my own draft site, riseanddraft.com. Um, and I had through my resources with the Notre Dame side of things, I was actually on locked on Irish on the locked on podcast network for a little bit. We actually had Brian on as a special guest um, huh. at one point. So we, kind of formed a relationship and then he had told me like hey you want to come do some NFL draft pieces um you know kind of working towards the into the season and summer scouting and everything I'm like yeah absolutely so we have kind of forged the relationship and um when I saw that the position had opened I mean it's something that's kind of weird for me Vince because it's like you know I'm an NFL draft guy mostly by by you know by trade but it's I, I think that there's a lot of parallels between NFL draft and recruiting to a degree because sure. it's like there's oh, projections. Yeah, sure. Yep. Projections. There's rumor mills. There's talking to coaches. They're talking to, you know, agents comparative to like, you know, uh, just kind of rec- uh, recruiting coordinators at schools and doing all that type of stuff. So I think there's some parallels and it's something that I've always been passionate about anyway. I've always been really heavy into the recruiting side of everything. I, I told Brian before, it's like I came out of the you know, I came out, um, you know, when I was born, it was like I had a choice of what NFL team I wanted to, to root for. But I had no choice about if I was a Notre Dame fan or not. You know, it's been something born and bred in me. And and when it opened up, I fully was on board because it's something that I'm passionate about. It's something I love to do. And it, it's it's been the dream for me for a long time to be able to do this every day and to see how I can continue to get better and grow and do those all, all types of things and be able to cover Notre Dame recruiting. I mean, it just seemed like a perfect mesh mesh point for me. I completely agree. We're so excited to have you on board and have somebody that's just focused on the recruiting side. And we're going to bring you guys all kinds of uh, of recruiting intel and, and all of that on the boards and 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 with recruiting shows and so much yet to uh, to dive into and, and figure out kind of what this is going to look like from a YouTube side, a podcast side, the the website, all of that fun stuff. So we're we're really excited to have Ryan on board, and he's a man after my own heart. He's a teacher. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's awesome. And and those make the best coaches. Our, our teachers make the best coaches. Yes, I am biased about that. Um, but when you coach, you're a teacher. And uh, and I appreciate that very much. And and you and I can commiserate about teaching together. So that I, I do. I love that part of things, too. But your te- the teaching side of things is going to end here pretty quickly because now you're on board with us, right? Yeah, yeah, only uh, only like a week, a couple weeks left here. I uh, just got back to school today, teaching after a nice long break, and the fourteenth is my last day. And then this is this is a full time thing. I've already started to put some stuff on the site, but awesome. uh, come the fourteenth, full go Irish breakdown. Really excited That's, about it. That is awesome. I'm I'm so fired up about that. And, you, and you'll get a signing day pretty much right after that. Hopefully exactly. Notre Dame can bring a couple of names on board at uh, some very specific uh, positions. And obviously, we'll talk about that as as time grows a little bit closer. So 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's jump into today's topic, uh, Ryan, and this is right up your alley because we're talking NFL draft uh, and we're talking about, you know, Notre Dame players have that have decisions to make, et cetera. First, <clears throat> since we've since we last kind of talked about, you know, decisions being made, we're not going to talk about Kyron Williams. We're not going to talk about Kyle Hamilton. They made their decision a while back. We yep. know we knew that was coming. That wasn't really a huge surprise. Made a lot of sense yep. um, since the Fiesta Bowl has occurred. Uh, we have had a couple of decisions made. So let's start with Kevin Austin. Kevin Austin, and we, if you're a member of the message board, uh, then you knew that this was probably coming. Uh, I believe all the sources were kind of pointing in that direction, but Kevin Austin has officially declared for the NFL draft. He is foregoing his time in Notre Dame, whatever he's got left, and he is going to declare for the NFL draft. So, number one, Ryan, mm-hmm. what do you think of the decision? And number two, what do you see, you know, as far as his draft stock, like where he's going to end up in the draft, et cetera? I, I, I think that I, I did expect it to happen all the, t- the the whole time because I think that when you look at Kevin Austin, you're looking at a kid that has outstanding traits, a great body, frame to, to continue to build. And I think that he, you know, obviously showed a lot of good signs this year for Notre Dame, over 800 yards. And the, I think the yards per catch was north of 18 per, per as well. So, he had some big moments. I I wasn't super surprised, especially after he had a good performance. Um, obviously against Oklahoma State, over 100 yards again, and made a couple nice nice grabs. As far as the decision, though, like I'm not I'm not super high on it to be honest, because just from my dealings with with um, every you know everything draft wise, it's a really deep wide receiver group. It's a really deep yeah. class this yeah. year. There's a lot of guys, not just at the top with the Ohio State got you know Garrett Wilsons and Traylon Burks from Arkansas and. And Chris Olave, obviously, and, and a bunch of different guys, Jahan Dotson yeah. from Penn State. Like, there's a bunch of dudes, but I'm not really a big fan of it because there's going to be a lot of questions about Kevin when we're talking about evaluators next level. They're going to ask him about, hey, 2019, what's the deal there? Why did you miss all of 2019? The injuries. He's had a few, couple of nagging injuries sure. in the past. What does the medical checks look like? 
And then the first of, I mean, the biggest one is going to be, why do you only have one year of production for as talented as you are? That's going to be the questions. Sure. And before he even tests and before he even, you know, it's it, it really sit down and get into the nitty gritty of real football talk. He's going to have to answer those questions. And then when I'm taking a look at like what he is on film a little bit, like there is a lot of things that make me hesitant on him as an evaluator at the next level. I think he had a good season. I think he showed a lot of promise, but I think there's going to be a lot of question marks about his evaluation. But that being said, he is going to be drafted on day three somewhere, fourth through seventh. Sure. He's going to get drafted because you don't make guys that are 6'2", 215, that have the ability to stack, that have those big hands, have that catch radius. Those guys don't grow on trees. And he is one of those dudes. So he's going to be drafted. He's going to be a day three kid. He's going to be have that dreaded development tag. Sure. But it's going to happen. He's going to get drafted. I'm not honestly, though, not a big fan of the decision. Yeah, I I have to agree with you on the decision part of things. I I think that I think he's going to test well. I I think he'll I mean, look, Matt Bayless does a fantastic job with these guys, and it always seems like they test well. So I think he'll test just fine. Uh, But he will have that developmental tag because I think it's it's a consistency issue, right? I mean, he would have games where where he looked fantastic, and then there were games where he didn't look very good at all. And I think another year coming back to college, he could have erased the consistency question mark, right? And Absolutely. I and I think that that could have definitely helped him going into the draft, and he could have moved off that day three, right? And he could have solidly been on day two, and you never know with a good season been day one. But I think the – the depth of the of the wide receiving class this year. I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, there is a ton of dudes in this class that hurts him, and then the consistency level I think hurts him as well. His numbers are good. I mean, you mentioned yeah. the numbers. His numbers are good. They are, but you do have to turn the film on. I mean, you are investing in this kid when you when you draft him. You got to turn the film on, and at times he looks fantastic, and then at times he looks inconsistent. So, um, I get why he made the decision with the injury history and, and all that. I mean, if he goes out and he comes back and he, he gets injured again, maybe sure. he goes undrafted. You know what I mean? So to a degree, I understand it. I don't like it. I don't agree that that was the right decision for him. I think he could really raise his stock by coming back to Notre Dame. But again, I've kind of come to peace with it because yeah. we knew that it was probably happening. Right. I, I agree completely, Vincent. And it's a, it's another thing where it's like he's a guy that is most likely going to be a depth piece at the next level. Sure. So we're talking about, you know, maybe a second receiver down the line if he develops properly. But we're talking about a third, fourth, fifth receiver in that role. Consistency is huge because sure. you're not going to get a ton of volume. You're not a guy yeah. that like, oh, a, a drop. It's OK. We still have seven to eight targets to deal with. Right. Like he's going to be a guy with limited opportunities so consistency really is a a huge question mark with him and then i mean honestly like you know i I, i'm not going to go too much into the 2019 suspension all that type of stuff but like again consistency off the field too he's been injured he was suspended for a season what is the availability on a day-to-day basis i think is where a lot of the question marks are with him absolutely I want to talk about two guys that have yet to make a decision. And it's, you know, I saw somebody on the board today talk about how these are the, these are the two guys on the recruiting board that you need to nail. Right. And, and, and as far as coming back, our concern, it's Isaiah Foskey and Jarrett Patterson. So let's, let's talk about Isaiah Foskey first. He's kind of the, uh, the big one. And I, and I, I really feel like based on 
some of his social media and some of the things that we're hearing, I think a decision is coming sooner rather than later. Um, but Brian put an Intel piece up on the board last night where, I mean, he's hearing everything going, staying um, it's, it's all over the place. And, and there's really no definitive answer right now until he comes out with one. So I'll ask you, Ryan, what do you think? It's a two-part question. What do you think he should do? And what do you think he will do? Because those might be two completely different answers. I, I think w- what I'm kind of hearing is that it is a true 50-50 split decision right now. Like, I don't think anybody truly knows, which makes yeah. sense why for Brian, he's kind of hearing a bunch of different things. Like, it's not a consistent kind of answer. What I think he should do, I think that he should return. And that's not just the Notre Dame fandom in me. Just kind of what I talked about with the depth of the wide receiver room. The defensive end, the edge class in 2022 is stacked, man. Like, it just is. I mean, Mm -hmm. people want to talk about Kayvon Thibodeau out there in Oregon. They want to talk about Aiden Hutchinson in Michigan. But then we're dealing with guys like Myjay Sanders from Cincinnati who's going to go top 50. We're talking about George Karloftis who could go top 10, top 15 potentially. Then we're talking about guys like – Isaiah Thomas from Oklahoma and um, Arnold Ebichetti from Penn State. And the Thibodeau Benito. kid. Yeah, there's so many dudes, and this is an exceptionally deep class. I mean, and we have guys on so many teams that have kind of taken their step up, you know, step up this year as far as, you know, kind of their trajectory. And it's just, in my opinion, it is the deepest class in the 2022 NFL draft. So, I think, though, still, that being said, I do think that he is a firm top 64 player. I think that he's going to go, at worst, in the second round, speaking about Foskey, because I think when you're talking about 6'4", 6'5", 255, 260 pounds with vines for arms and and linear explosiveness, he's going to go high because, at the end of the day, the NFL and every evaluator is going to bet on those traits because he has them. They're easy to see. At defensive end, as a pass rusher, those are imminently important. So someone's going to take a chance on the top 64. And I wouldn't blame him for wanting to be in that conversation. But when you talked about like, Hey, maybe, maybe a, um, you know, maybe, maybe when we're talking about like, you know, a couple of the other guys, like maybe next year, maybe their first second round type of prospects, you know, speaking about, about, um, you know, a couple of them, I, I do think that next year firmly that, that, Foskey could be in that first round conversation. Like you could sell me on him being a top 32 pick when I look at him play with the type of athleticism he has. So I would say, I think that he should go back just because I do think that he is a first round caliber talent and caliber athlete. And it's a really deep defensive end edge class. So I would recommend him going back just because I think there's a big difference uh, when we're talking about a first-round caliber player comparative to a top 64. Sure. But ultimately, I do think that it could go either way. I'm not 100% sure on what the what the decision will be. I think that it's a true 50-50 split, um, but we will see what happens, obviously. Yeah, it, it's – for me, uh, it's hard to separate the fan from the analyst, right? I mean, it is tough. It is, it's tough, and I, of course I want to see – Isaiah Foskey come back there's no question about it Uh, but I think he can help himself and I think he can help himself by being in a weaker class I mean anybody could any one of these guys that's in the in the class right now would help themselves by if they had the opportunity to stick around and go to the go to the 23 class right I mean that that's just common sense so that's part of it Um, I still think 
he has a obviously he has an, an excellent defensive line coach, and so he's only going to get better. I don't think that he stagnates and stays at the same level, right? And so coming back, he's going to learn more. He's going to get better with his hands. I think he gets better in uh, in run defense because uh, we look. We know he can rush the passer. We we know he's excellent at that. I think he needs to get a little bit better in run defense. I think I think that's a, a part of his game that he can improve. I think he can improve dropping into coverage uh, because he's asked to do that a lot as well. And depending yeah. on what kind of a scheme he gets drafted into, he might be asked to do that at the next level too. So um, I, I think there's things that he can work on for sure to kind of cement that first round draft pick status, you know, because I think he can get there. I, I really do. I think he can be a first rounder if, if if he gets to the point that I think he can get to next year at Notre Dame. Well, let me ask you this, Vince. It's very simple. I mean, we just saw Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, although he was dealing with an injury down, down the latter part of the 2020 season. Like if he would have went out last year, he still would have been a top 64 selection. Like he would have been sure. a two round guy. What is the difference between the projection potentially or the the um, kind of the outlook as far as like how much better Foskey could be from this year to next? It could be a similar trajectory because I don't think when you look at a guy like a Aiden Hutchinson, for instance, who has nuance to his hands that has, you know, obviously put together a great season. But like sure. if if we're talking about them just standing next to each other, Foskey's a more physically gifted player. Like there's no doubt in my mind. So What's stopping him from potentially rising to a top 15, top 20 player? I think it's very possible. And I think patience sometimes pays off. Now there is a line obviously between hurting yourself going back and maybe sure. not being as productive or being injured, uh, you know, God forbid an injury happens, but I still do think that there's a lot more that Foskey can be at this level. And I think that we saw a lot of glimpses of it. We, I mean, if he had like what ended like 12 or 13 sacks, like it was a great season. Yeah, it but was. I, I still don't see why he can't be the Aiden Hutchinson of next year with how talented he is. Well, and he's going to have a ton of opportunity against really good competition too. And I, and I think that that can only help things as well. I mean, he's going to go up against Ohio state. He's going to go up against Clemson, right? He's going to go up against a USC team. That's going to throw the ball all over the yard. So he'll have some opportunities at some sack numbers there. So he's going to have these opportunities on, you know, in this schedule at, with some high profile, you know, a lot of eyeballs on TV where, you know, look, that's that's how, you know, Hutchinson got where he got because he performed on the big stage. Right. And and I think, you look, Notre Dame plays on a big stage anyway. But when you're opening things up at Ohio State and you've got Clemson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you're going to have more of those opportunities in front of more eyeballs and things like that. And people can jump on the Isaiah Foskey bandwagon as well. And I think, you know. In the past, you know, you, you've got, you know, he made a, he, he sent out a tweet, you know, you got to do what's best for your family. hundred percent. Could not agree more. Sure. Right. Uh, but 10 years ago, that sounds different because you're going from zero to whatever you're going to get in the NFL. And now you've got NIL and you've got some other opportunities where, you know, you can help out your family a little bit, right. Before you go to the NFL draft and he's got his, you know, his swag that he's been putting out there. And so he's got NIL deals. And I think, you know, that's only going to get sweeter as his name gets out there even more. So again, from a fan standpoint, of course, I want Isaiah Foskey back. Of course. Right. From an analyst standpoint, I think there's things that he can work on where he will only improve his draft stock even more and become that first rounder, which I don't think he is right this moment. I don't think he goes in the first round. No, and I would agree. I think that the, I mean, 
how is he going to test? I think he's going to test exceptionally well. So I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility. I mean, we saw, you know, the kid from Washington last year after sitting out the year, you know, rising to being the 32nd selection to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's always possible, but I, I, I think firm second round prospect for Isaiah Foskey. And I think that he can, like you said, he can get a lot better and the trajectory yeah. could be that much. So, that I think it might be worth sticking around for another year. And then also fourth year as a player in theory, we're going to graduate too, which is always a good thing to get in your back pocket. So. Absolutely. Correct. Yeah. That's yeah, that. I mean, obviously that's the other piece as a, as a dad and as a teacher. I mean, that's, that's a piece that I love when these guys leave with, with uh, you know, a degree and, and all of that stuff too, because you know, your future isn't guaranteed right on the football field. So that's always nice to have that in your back pocket. Let's switch gears. Let's go to the other side of the ball. We got another guy that needs to make a decision. It's Jarrett Patterson, Notre Dame center. Um, I think going into this year, I think we all assume this is going to be his last year coming off the season he had as a junior before he was injured. Um, and, you know, that he was going to be the the bedrock of this offensive line, et cetera, et cetera. Had an average year. I mean, he didn't blow anybody away, I don't think. Um, had an average year. He struggled at times. I think part of that is because of the guys that were around him. Part of that is because he just didn't play that well at times. So um, he's got a decision to make about what his future is going to hold. It it sounds like he's kind of gone back and forth a little bit. Stay, go, stay, go. Um, what are you hearing up to this point about where he's at? And what do you, again, what do you think he should do um, knowing that Jeff Quinn is now gone and that it appears that Harry Heastand is going to be the offensive line coach? I think that all factors in you know to the decision making process for 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 Patterson this one has a lot of layers to it because I think that from what I'm hearing I hear that he's actually leaning leaving that is just what I am hearing um that is still partly speculation because at the end of the day he was split for a long time so that could go the opposite direction very quickly I think what's playing into his favor, which is a little different than the last two guys we're talking about, talked about with Isaiah Foskey and Kevin Austin, is the fact that the center class is not nearly as deep this year. True okay. interior offensive line class. We have Tyler Linderbaum potentially out of Iowa if he chooses to declare. All expectations are that he will. Other than that, the Schmitz kid from uh, Minnesota went back to school. Ricky Stromberg from Arkansas went back to school. Who's that next center? I think that it very well could be Patterson. And when we're talking about that, you know, maybe not sneaking into the first round, but like second round pick, I mean, possible, like it's very possible if that happens early second, I think is, is very, very possible for this situation. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. So I think that the demand is going to be high potentially for Jared Patterson. Now that being said, his 2020 film was a lot better than his 2021 film. And no you question. mentioned that. And there's a lot of moving parts to that. One is lack of development from the coaching side of things. But it's also a part of like, hey, we're breaking in a lot of new starters next sure. to you. And a center is a position where like you need cohesion around you. You're not mm-hmm. working with guys that maybe you trusted early on in the season. Now, I do think that he played better down the middle and, and down the stretch a little bit comparative to early in the season. Like, you know, all, obviously the whole offensive line did. That's just how sure. that kind of works. But um, so I do think that he could work to go back, especially if Coach Eastan comes back. Because like I just want to see – Jared Patterson with a year under he stand. Yeah. I really do yeah. as a full-time starter. I think that development is, is exceptional. I think that he is, he also has, in my opinion, I put him in a mock draft in the summer in the first round. Cause I do think he has that quite a type of talent stylistically. He reminds me a lot of Alex Mack, who's been a tremendous center in the NFL for a long time. He's got kind of that longer frame 
excellent pass blocker, maybe not the most powerful dude in the run game, but like there's, you know, a lot of movement that he can create playing in an inside zone, outside zone type of system. Like there's a lot of good things in the run game, potentially in a pass blocker. I think Patterson's one of the better pass blocking centers over the last couple of years that have come out. So I think that there's going to be a lot of, I think a lot of teams are really going to like Jared Patterson because he's a smart kid. He's a three-year starter at Notre Dame and he plays an important position, obviously at center. But I do think that he could use another year and I do think it could help him. But I honestly, I, I, I'm leaning right now that I think Jared Patterson might declare. Now that is again, speculation. I am hearing some rumors to, to, you know, to that side comparative to the other, but I, I have a feeling that he might be out, but another, another one that's kind of a wait and see type. Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see where this one goes because I was always operating pretty much throughout the whole season is that he would be leaving. And I was trying, you know, okay, you know, who's going to be the next center at Notre Dame? You know, Zeke Carell, we know he was playing a little bit out of position playing guard and it bit Notre Dame early, obviously. Um, and, and as a center, I think he's I think he's a good center. I think he could be very productive at center at, for Notre Dame. And so that's kind of a plug and play for me. You know, you just move him over and, and he's good to go and, and you move forward with your offensive line. But if Jared Patterson is considering coming back, who, who would why would you not take him and why would you not be excited? He would, you know, be one of your best offensive linemen, clearly one of your best five. You know, a year ago we were talking about him moving to left tackle. I mean, he's he's that good of an offensive lineman. There's no question about it. So what does that mean? For him, and I think you make a really good point about the draft class and what it's like at center. And I, I think that that's that's something that these guys look at. I mean, it has to be because you you're trying to slot yourself and you're trying to figure out where you're going to land in the draft. So you've got to look at where you are, you know, ranked in your position. And I think he could make a splash. He could end up being the number two center. Um, you know, what does that translate to? Is that a day two guy? maybe depending on the needs of the teams, right? It just depends on where, where you are with things because we've seen many times where teams will turn guys into centers, even at the NFL level. So, um, you know, we'll see what that means, but I would love for him to come back. I would understand if he left, it would not surprise me in any way. I think the fact that Harry, Heastan coming on at Notre Dame has got to be an intriguing situation for, for Jarrett Patterson. It has to be, yeah. Um, but sometimes guys are just done. You know what I mean? Sometimes they're just done with their college career. He, I believe he will have his degree. So that's not an issue. Sometimes right. you're just ready to move on to what's next. And maybe that's who, where Jarrett Patterson is. Um, but this is one that I'm, I've also heard that he's leaning on moving on as well. Yeah. Um, and so I guess we're just going to have to kind of wait and see. I'm 50-50 on it. I would love to have him back, but I would totally understand him leaving, and I have a lot of faith in Zeke Carell at center. So, yeah. and That makes complete sense, and I would say, you know, all the speculation I'm hearing is not putting into the equation Coach Heastan's pitch, right? Like, sure. that, I think I think it means a lot. And if they get him on here, you know, very quickly, and he's able to talk to, you know, uh, Patterson, obviously, you know, he's, he's in the midst of a decision. He's got to make one relatively quickly. Like I think that that could pay a huge dividend. So I don't think that this is a done deal that he is necessarily leaving. Cause I think that a, a coach of the caliber of a Harry, he what he built at Notre Dame over the years that he was there, you know, and then is obviously also an NFL background. Like there's a lot to like in that situation for Notre Dame. So I, I would say for Notre Dame fans, just, Stay tuned on this one. Don't jump the gun here. I right. think there's a lot of possibilities that it could go the other direction, just what we're hearing right now.
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good call. Let's talk about a guy who decided to stick around uh, at Notre Dame, and that that's Braden Lindsey. Um, and mm-hmm. I think things were always leaning towards him coming back, um, but I hadn't really heard anything you know significant, and he didn't waste any time you know, letting everybody know that he was coming back to Notre Dame uh, for his fifth year, which I think is really, really exciting because for me, his skill set, um, I think, bodes very, very well in a Tyler Buckner run offense. And that that excites me um, a lot. You know, whether you're talking about jets, you're talking about reverses, you're talking about some wide receiver screens, things of that nature. I really like, you know, Braden Lindsay's skill set to do a lot of that. And I think Tyler Buckner's skill set will uh, ask receivers to do a lot of those things, right? And I think that Braden Lindsay could be a guy that could be very exciting. I think as far as his decision to go pro or come back, I think that part is an, it was easy from a technical wide receiver standpoint. He's not an NFL wide receiver right now. Could he develop into one? Maybe. Um, but I think he could be really good on this Notre Dame team next year. Uh, as a fifth year, especially when, you know, we're talking about the, the depth chart at wide receiver for Notre Dame, that, that obviously comes into play. Um, I don't think he was ready for the NFL. I think he probably goes undrafted if he declares personally, uh, you're the expert. I will defer to you on that one. But at the same time, I think, you know, I think he made the right decision. I'm excited about the decision because I could have seen him leaving because there was some frustration, I think for Braden Lindsay at times. And I totally understand that. Um, but him coming back makes this wide receiver room that much stronger. So I, I'm excited about it from a from a X's and O standpoint, like I had mentioned. But from a a fan standpoint, I I'm excited to see zero again. Yeah, and I, I think what you said, Vince, it's really I mean completely true. Is that I think that his skill set really meshes into the offense that they're going to potentially run with a Tyler Buckner, and I think that he does a lot of those things, like you said. We've run some jets, some end arounds, thrown some screens, do all types of different things with them. And that's awesome, you know, because he brings, right. I think, an element that the rest of the receivers don't, you know, because we're going to have like Deion Coles. He's kind of that big body guy. I love Lorenzo Styles, but he's more of like that short intermediate separator. Sure. You know, he's kind of got that flexibility to him. We don't have a guy that's really like this type of explosive yak guy, you know, and he's that guy that I think can do a lot of those things really well. What I'm really excited about him coming back is because I think that there is an extra layer. You mentioned technical, but even just from a ability to win vertically, like there were a couple sure. shots that were just yep. missed. There was a drop down the field. I forget what game it was. That was really bad, like hit him in the chest. And just like, yeah. there is more there for a guy like Brayden Lindsay. He is a next level athlete, in my opinion, because I think he's going to run very fast. I think he's going to test really well. His body type is obviously not to the Kevin Austin where like you can project him a ton playing outside, you know, as, as much as he's more like a gadget Z receiver type that you're going to have to keep off the line of scrimmage a little bit. So he doesn't have to work against press coverage, but I still think that he's a guy that is a very good athlete. I think that you saw glimpses of it. I think that there's a lot of cool things that you can do with him schematically in the offense. And I want to see him take that next level. Like I, I could see him taking his production up a huge notch next year, because not only will there be a more volume to potentially go around to him, but I think that there's just an added skill set that he can take it further. I think there's yeah. development that can still be had. So from a fan perspective, I agree. I'm excited to get him back because I think there's another layer from I an agree. NFL draft perspective. I'm also excited because I agree. He is not. He was not going to get drafted this year because the production is just not there. Maybe a late-round flyer if he tests exceptionally well to the degree that I think he could. But I think that next year he could be a draftable prospect because I think that he has that type of skill set. 
Yeah, I agree. And I, I think I would love to see, and we're going to get an opportunity uh, to see what he can do under the tutelage of a, of a different wide receiver coach. You know, I, I mean, right. I, look, we, we know that, you know, according to sources that Dell's not coming back. And so mm-hmm. whoever they get as the wide receiver coach, you know, what does that do for Braden Lindsay? Because he's, he's not a polished wide receiver, right? I mean, he needs technical skill work. I mean, that bottom line, right? And so what is that going to look like? from a coaching standpoint if they bring in somebody and they're like okay Braden, we know that you can outrun most of the people that you're going to be going up against but you know let's work on your stem let's work on you know the, the top ends of your routes let's let's work on your hands a little bit let's work on you know finding the open zone let's work on breaking a tackle you know things of that nature i think it doesn't take that much coaching to enhance a lot of those things. And so an entire off season, you know, a spring, a fall camp, all of those different things with Braden Lindsay, I think we could potentially see his game go to another level. And I, and I think that's really, really exciting because he was kind of a, I don't want to say he was a one trick pony, but he was a speed receiver, right? I mean, um, he made some good plays, moved the chains and did some things. But he's going to be the veteran, right? Him and Avery Davis, depending on you know him coming back, and we'll talk about him in just a second. Him coming back from his injury, Braden Lindsay's the leader in the clubhouse as far as from a a uh, an age standpoint, right? So, you know, guys are going to be looking at him a little bit differently uh, now that Kevin Austin is gone, right? Um, and so, what does that mean for his game? And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And like I said, he just has a skill set that I think is a little absent, at least on, as proven players on the roster right now. Like you have a lot of skill and, and Avery coming back, I think is going to be a really big potentially if he does, you know, just for kind of the you, you need veteran leadership in that room. Like you just need it, you know, and and if if a guy like a Lindsay was gone and Austin and Avery Davis, like if they roll off the room, then that's an exceptionally young receiver room so i think it's big to have back and i think it's big to have avery davis back potentially yep yep and and to see him get off press coverage and somebody mentioned that in the uh in the chat no question that was one of the things that we've been harping on for years when it comes to coach alexander the guys just did not know how to get off press coverage well not not to backtrack too much on austin but i I do i do have a piece of just kind of an analysis piece that's going to come down an irish breakdown sometime soon here where i just kind of broke down what i see the good, the troubling, and then kind of like a projection on Kevin Austin. And my biggest thing was when you're projecting him to play an X receiver at the next level, which body type, that's what he is, because he's not a super flexible guy. He's not going to you know, be a, an instant separator in and out of breaks. He's a guy that needs to play on the line of scrimmage against press coverage a ton, and it's not good, man. Like not even just defeating press coverage at the line of scrimmage, but just getting rerouted down the field. Yep. Like there's just so many things that were like, He's 6'2", 215, so talented in, in moments of physicality. Why is it not more imminent in his game that he is able to defeat press coverage, able to beat rerouting from a stem down the field, on your sight line, working the, working in the boundary? Like There's yeah. just so many different things that I think technically could have improved in a guy like Austin. And I'm excited to have you know, a wide receiver coach because I've heard you and Brian talk you know, about it you know, many times where like, they just don't practice beating press coverage. I just – I can't fathom that. And I'm excited to see that. Like, I mean, like I was a high school coach for like seven, eight years, you know, just a a high school coach here in New Jersey. It's just like, that's something that you do every single day. You know, like I don't understand why that's out of sight, out of mind. You work your hands, you do all, I mean, that's, that's wide receiver coaching one-on-one. I mean, 
just, it just is. Like, I just want to send over my resume, you know, coach wide receivers for a long time. You know what I mean? But yeah, it, it's, I'm glad they made the decision that they did again. And I'll preface it with, you know, Dell's a great guy, great human. I talked to him many, many times outside of the football field and, and whatnot. And, and you, you never, we will never call for a coach to be fired. Okay. Uh, we will say when he's not doing a good job. Okay. And you can, you can, you know, take out of that, whatever it is that you want. But I'm glad that the decision was made from a development standpoint for these wide receivers because this is going to be a young room. This, there is no place to go but up for Braden Lindsay from a technical standpoint. So it's going to be clear and obvious what a new wide receiver coach will mean to this room. We're, we're going to see it, and we're going to, excuse me, we're going to see it very, very quickly, uh, I think, uh, depending on who they bring in. And if they bring in anybody with any kind of technical chops, I think we're going to see it in the spring, frankly. Um, and so I'm excited about it. And I, and I think it's fun. And there's an article over at irisbreakdown.com uh, that Brian wrote. And I believe it was pu- published today before he got on the plane um, that it was, you know, Marcus Freeman era starts now as far as the hires that he has to make here moving forward. I mean, if he makes good, solid hires now, that's only going to pay dividends down the road. If he if he botches it, you know, that's going to be tough, right? And then and you're you're going to be starting behind the starting line, right? So uh, these hires are really, really important. And I would I would uh, encourage everyone to go over to irishbreakdown.com and check out uh, Brian's article. Definitely. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I want to get your opinion uh, real quick, and I know this wasn't a recent decision, but Avery Davis deciding to come back. I don't really think he had much of a, a choice to come back. I think before he got injured, he was probably going to leave. But with the injury not allowing him to test and do the combine and do all those different things, which I think were really important for him and his draft stock, because I think he would have tested very, very well. Um, But he did get injured. He is going to come back. Um, What are your thoughts on what he brings to the table to this wide receiver room coming back, uh, you know, for, for his extended time at Notre Dame? It's it's similar to Lindsay to a degree, right? Because like Lindsay brings that speed element that just kind of is absent on the on the roster. I, I think Avery Davis kind of brings that maturity and that understanding of how to sit down against zone coverage and the dependability ac- across the middle of the field. I don't think that you really have that guy that's a proven commodity. Like I, I feel, I think of Lorenzo Styles more as like that Z that you're gonna you know short motion. You're gonna get him some maximized release points separator in the middle, you know, intermediate level of the field. And then he's got a little juice that can work down the seam at at points. But I think that Avery Davis is that short separator, third and four. We have to have it guy that is dependable. And I don't think there's a lot of dependability on the wide receiver room right now. So a guy like him, I think is huge. And then bringing along guys, because keep talking about Lorenzo styles. He's only going to be a sophomore next year. (laughs) Right. Right. He's barely played, but he is just such a nice, a fun talent that I just, I can't, you know, I'm just really fascinated by him, but like bringing along 
guys, even though they play stylistically different, even though they play different wide receiver spots, having a guy like Avery Davis to you know groom guys like Deion Colsey continuing to go, move forward, guys like Lorenzo Styles to sure. keep working with Brayden Lindsey to hopefully have that last season breakout that we're you know going to be looking for. I think it's huge, and I think that the leadership more than anything is is probably the biggest point. And I think that he's a very good, solid college football receiver that's dependable, and I think he's a quarterback's best friend. So yes. I think that he brings a, I think he brings a lot of value to, to a college football team for sure. I think that throughout the season, um, when he, when obviously when he was healthy, I I thought he was one of the most dependable wide receivers out, and I will say wide receiver because obviously Michael Mayer, I I think he trumps everybody as far as dependability is concerned, but. Um, from the wide receiver room, I, I I think he was the most dependable guy that Notre Dame had. And when the ball went in his direction, I was pretty sure th- good things were going to happen, right? And there were many opportunities over the past couple of years where he was running wide open and the ball just didn't go his way, right? And so I, I was very happy, not happy that he got injured. I would never, ever, ever say that. But I'm happy that this is an injury obviously now in 2022 you can come back from and be just as strong as you were beforehand. And of course I hope that for Avery Davis, I think, I think he could just really do big things in this room and on the team and everything uh, moving forward. I I just, I would love to see uh, Lorenzo styles be the starter at slot. I would, but guess what? You can have more than one slot on the field and Having having Styles and Davis on the field at the same time, I think you can do a lot of fun things. And again, it could potentially open up the imagination of, of Tommy Reese and all the different things that you could do with those two guys. Because I think those two could be really special. Well, and I, I mean, I'm just having like dreams of like three by one sets with them both right. working inside and then putting Michael Mayer on the backside. You know, like there's just so many possibilities when you have guys like Avery Davis and Brain Lindsay and Lorenzo Styles. Like I think that they have the ability to line up in different spots, which is a lot of possibilities and a lot of excitement potentially for a passing game. No question about it. And, 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 and of course the leadership that he brings into the room as well is immeasurable. I mean, yeah. you, you could have seen a possibility of Lindsay Austin and Davis all leaving and your true sophomores are now the leaders in that room. I mean, and, and it's and it's not even for me, Vince, it's not even just the wide receiver room too, because if you Patterson leaves now, like right. who's the who's the old man on this offense? Like it's a bunch of sophomores, like you said. It's it's you know Andrew Kristoffik if he wins a starting spot, who's what a, a true junior going into his senior season, like who hasn't played a ton of football. And I think the point, same you know? for Zeke Carell, right? I mean, he would be. I think he's going to be a fourth year. I think he'd be a senior academically. Uh, but again, he was a halftime starter this year and got replaced. And I mean. That's tough, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I mean, we have we have Michael Mayer and then a bunch of sophomores, pretty much as the as the as the lead dogs, you know, in these varying rooms, sophomore, sophomore potential starting quarterback. So, so I think that leadership is something that people don't talk about enough. It's kind of undersold a little bit on on teams, but I think that it's it's very important for a team. Again, breaking in a sophomore quarterback, you're gonna have a you know junior and sophomore running back. You're gonna have a bunch of sophomores at receiver playing a ton. You're gonna have Brayden Lindsey mixed in, obviously like, young having a guy like. Avery Davis is immeasurable, honestly. Yeah, yeah. No, completely agree with that as well. Um, all right. So that's kind of all the people with decisions that either have been made or are going to make. We didn't forget anybody, did we? Nope. No, I mean, I mean, I, I knew I had Cam Hart written down, but I don't know if he's a serious potential for declaring. Um, I think that he's a guy also, though, that 
and I keep talking to Brian about this. Like, I think he's got day two upside next year, potentially, if, if he comes back and has a great season. I don't know if he's even considering it. I haven't heard his name kind of thrown Ooh. out there a ton. If I was him, I would go back for another year because we're talking about just a one-year starter after transitioning right. from wide receiver a couple years ago. I think the upside is immensely higher. But he's definitely a guy, if we're talking NFL draft guy, uh, people out there exclusively that are really excited I think that a lot of NFL valuers are going to be excited about the the length and the athleticism that Cam Hart has. If Cam Hart decided to go away and, and go to the transfer portal or go to, or I'm sorry, go to the NFL draft or whatever, you yeah. might see a grown man in me cry. Like I would be very upset about that. I, I love Cam Hart and I agree with you. I, I think his upside is tremendous. I think, there's a reason that Oklahoma State didn't go anywhere near him, you know, and, and frankly, most of the teams didn't go anywhere near him uh, during the season. I mean, he, he's he's getting and he'll get better. Like I, I, I he's just scratching the surface, in my opinion. Um, and so if he went this year, I, I, I don't know. I would have to take a couple of days off, I think, and have to control myself and compose <laughs> myself. So um, <laughs> that, that would not be good for me. But uh, yeah, I think we covered everybody, which is great. Um so let's, you know what? I will look over and see if we've got some good questions in the chat. Um, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, Ryan, uh, but do you have any recruiting nuggets that you want to throw out to the people, um, you know, that you've kind of uncovered maybe over the last whatever, or maybe anything you're hearing or, um, you know, wide receiver 22s, you know, things of that nature. Are you hearing anything at all? I will leave the floor open to you. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously still developing a lot of relationships on the recruiting end. I will say, you know, because I haven't been on to talk about the Peyton Bowen commitment, obviously a top 100 recruits safety, um, who I actually had the opportunity to interview. Uh, the, the piece is up on irishbreakdown.com, as well as kind of just a little background story on him, just kind of a what you need to know about Peyton Bowen. And I, I know, you know, me and Brian are probably going to have a conversation a little deeper about it, but I will say I'm really excited about this type of prospect um, at the safety position because I think that he brings a lot of athleticism on the back end oh, yeah. that's going into next year is, is I don't want to say it's absent because I still think there's some good football players on the, at safety, you know, the DJ Browns of the world that'll be coming back. And, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, a couple of the younger guys that really showed out near the end of the season, like Watts and, and Henderson and all those good guys. So there's a lot of talent coming back in the room. But I think Peyton Bowen, you know, from my research, is the highest rated defensive back recruit if it ended today since Kyle Hamilton in 2019. So just kind of want to throw it out there. You know, if you haven't checked out that piece, I think, you know, we now have multiple top 100 prospects in the 2023 class, including him and, and, um, and uh, you know, uh, a couple other really talented players like Keon Keeley and Brendan Vernon, who are, you know, top 100 consensus defensive ends. I watched Keon Keeley in depth uh, a couple weeks ago. And I will say, man, if we're talking NFL draft, like you don't want to project forward too much because he hasn't football yet. Right. But that dude looks like the next big thing. So a lot of excitement, obviously in the 2023 class, depending on who you talk to. Some have it rated as the number one recruiting yeah. class right now, early on, which is a lot of fun, but I would just, again, go, go take a look at the Bowen uh, kind of information, really exciting prospect on the back end. L let me ask you this. So you, the NFL draft is your bag. So I want to I want to ask you um, a polarizing question. Uh, our, yeah. our man Jack Cohn, who set all kinds of records in the Fiesta Bowl, right? Yeah. Now, granted, the the attempts record that's kind of a silly record in my opinion, but he did set the record for yards and he tied the record for touchdown passes. It's a pretty good day for Jack Cohn 
Although there, and we talked about it, there's, there's some throws he wants back. There's no question about it. Um, but projecting him to the next level. So projecting him to the NFL, what are your thoughts on Jack code and what his future could be collecting a paycheck? I mean, the reality is, I, I I believe he's going to the East-West Shrine game. If not, he's going okay. to the NFL PA Bowl. So the NFL values Jack Cohn because they value – I mean, when we're talking about backups, I think a lot of people have a misnomer at the quarterback position sometimes. They think like, oh, late in the draft, I'm taking a swing <coughs> Excuse me, at this really traitsy quarterback that I'm going to develop. That's not what you want necessarily in a backup quarterback. You want a guy that is dependable, and I think that Jack Cohn – is the definition of dependable. He's accurate. For the most part, he's on time, and he's crisp with decisions. And he does a lot of things from the from the ears up that a lot of teams will really value. And I think that the NFL does value him. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up getting drafted late to potentially be a backup quarterback down the road. Think in the vein of a Jim Sorgi, who was like Peyton Manning's backup forever. Forever, yeah. He wasn't a good athlete. Would never move off the spot, couldn't do anything out of structure, but like you knew every single day he was going to throw to the right spot in the right second, and he's going to be a guy that you can depend on. So if you ask me, is it out of the realm of possibility that Jack Cohn's a starting quarterback for the foreseeable future at the next level? I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't. I don't think that there's any upside as a starter. Like I don't see that in him because I think that his arm is very middling on the NFL level. I think that he's not a great athlete. I think that there are obvious limitations, but I think that the NFL is obviously showing – <laughs> excuse me again, obviously showing with this, the all-star invites that they value Jack Cohn. And I think that yeah. he has potential to be a backup quarterback at the next level. I think that, and I think that's a fair evaluation. I, I think if you put the keys in Jack Cohn's hands, you know, whether it's a spot start, whether it's a, a four game stretch or whatever, yeah. he's not going to hurt you. Right. He may Tim, not take Tim, you to the same Boyle just started a game for the Detroit lions. Like, come on. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I he's at, at least as good, if not better, than a lot of the guys that have gotten starts this year due to COVID or whatever, uh, Jack Cohn can collect a check in the NFL. There, there, there's no question in my mind, and he could be a guy that could stick around for a long time. And again, I'm not saying he's your franchise quarterback. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying he's a guy that you've got in the room that is going to be prepared, and he's going to be ready to go if you need him to. And you can make a lot of money holding the clipboard in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. No, I agree completely. I mean, the Chase Daniels of the world have shown us that, right? Like they, he's made so like 39 million, I think I want to say some, something ridiculous like that. Yeah. And, and it's for like, like I, I think he's, I think he's thrown like 30 something passes in his career or something like that. So it's <laughs> yes. like, it's, it, it's outrageous that man. It really is. But it's unbelievable. Those guys stick around because they, yeah. again, dependable, solid, you know what they are. Exactly. All right, we got some super chats here that I want to get to, Ryan. And the first one is from Rob, and he says, Ryan, congrats on your new job. Off topic a bit, but what are your thoughts on the Fiesta Bowl? Who is most at fault for the law? He's putting you on the spot right now. Um, Man, it, it was tough to watch because obviously you were really excited, you know, getting oh. out to the, what was it, 28 to 7 lead. Yeah. Like it was a lot of fun, man. And then you're like, oh, wow, Jack Jones having the game of his life. The defense is playing well. And then, Spencer Sanders goes off in the second half and you can't stop him on the, in the, in the ground. And he throws for, you know, near yep. 400 yards and Tay Martin has a good game and a couple of the other wide receivers do well. It's, it was just very unfortunate, honestly, because I think it kind of halted a little bit of the optimism around the Marcus yeah. Freeman hire. It would have been nice to just kind of kick it off with a nice victory against a top 10 team in the Fiesta bowl, which is unfortunate, you know, and it was unfortunate to watch. 
all I'll say though is I think that there's going to be some overreactions to it because again, we have to, I mean, Morgan Freeman just became the head coach and there was a lot of things, you know, leading up to it's, it's like, there's a lot of indecision and there's just a lot of, you know, kind of getting used to a new, a new schedule and how kind of the, the, what the philosophy behind the program is. So I, I don't, I wouldn't jump the gun and be like super down about it. I think right. that it's very unfortunate. I, I would have loved obviously to, to end the season with the victory and to end, you know, to yeah. start the Marcus Freeman era with the victory. Who's the most at fault? I mean, it's a collective effort at, at the course. end of the day. I think there was a lot of coaching, you know, questionable coaching decisions. I think that a lot of the, you know, there was just some instances where players just didn't make plays. So I don't know if I would necessarily say that there was one guy that I would put all the blame on. Ultimately people are going to blame Marcus Freeman because he is the head coach. And I mean, that is Those what he signed territory. up for. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yep, it's what he nope. signed up for. So I would say that there were some coaching blunders. I say that there was a lot of mental mistakes from a player perspective. And I just think that it was very unfortunate, obviously to end the season and to start the air that way, but don't jump off the cliff. I think it'll be okay. That's right. I completely agree with that. The next big potential victory for Marcus Freeman is who he hires to fill the spots that are open right now on his staff. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's, and, and, and at the end of the day, those wins will be way bigger than a win in a bowl game. I mean, would I've liked to have all of the above? Of course, of course, you know, it would have made for a much nicer flight uh, back, you know, yesterday, it would have made for a nicer breakfast at the hotel as I was surrounded by Oklahoma state fans who were all really nice by the way. Uh, but yeah, it would, it would have been really nice to be like, ha you know, great game but we want, you know, but I had to be like, Hey, you know, great game guys. You know, it was a lot of fun to watch, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, of course that's what we want. TFN clan says heard Dell got fired TFN, man. If you were a member of the boards down there at irishbreakdown.com, you would have known about a half hour after the game got over uh, that that was the case. And uh, he was, uh, I believe he was told that he was not going to be retained. I hate using the word fired, even though that is what it was. Uh, but yeah, we we had that on the board pretty early on. So yes, TFN clan, that is what happened. Patrick Tolan, thank you for the super chat. Thoughts on James Laurinaitis joining the staff? Ryan, you wanna you wanna take that one, or I can give an opinion if you I, want. I mean, I, I, the only opinion I'll put out on that is you know not following Coach Laurinaitis uh, as a coach is the fact that I'm a Rams fan, so I am very near and dear to my heart is James Laurinaitis, who is. And people, a lot of people don't know this. He's the all-time leading tackler for the Rams organization. Is he so, really? Yes, he is. And obviously, he, you know, Ohio State had that nice little run of AJ Hawk and James Laurinaitis sure. and Bobby Carpenter, and they had a lot of great linebacker. And he was a really damn good linebacker at the NFL level, and obviously an All-American at the college level. So, um, obviously, I, near and dear to my heart. That's the only opinion. His I have. playing career speaks for itself. I mean, there's no, Absolutely. no, no question about that. Now, I will ask this, and I'm going to get personal. How does a guy from Jersey become a Rams fan? So, like I told you, I didn't have a I didn't have a decision on the Notre Dame side of things. What I did have a decision was my mom was a Rams fan. Okay, she loved Vince Ferragamo growing up, and that's just kind of who she rolled with um, back in the seventies. My dad was born in Florida; he's a Miami Dolphins fan. When I was young, greatest show on turf happened, and that's true. Been hooked ever since. So, Kurt yep. Warner and all those boys got, yep. got me kind of on the uh, Rams side of everything. So, did you go see the Kurt Warner movie yet? Not yet, not yet. I, I mean, I thought it was kind of a running joke for a little bit, man. Like watching the previews and stuff, I was like, this does not look good, but it's got great ratings. So I'm going to have to go see it at some point, you know? I, I went and saw it, and I will say, uh, is there a bit of a cheese factor? Yes, of sure. course. Of course there is. Dennis uh, Quaid's in it. There's going to be some cheese. Like, yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and his part's actually really small uh, in the whole thing. But 
I thought it wasn't bad. You know, it, what? It, look, if you know what you're getting yourself into, it's a feel-good movie. I mean, we all know the ending. It's not going to keep you on the edge of your seat or anything. Right. If you if you understand what you're going to see, it's a good movie. If that makes sense. Uh, it looks. It, it still looked a little better than the Sean Payton movie that's coming out with Kevin James. So that I'll looks horrible. That. Like I don't it even understand so how so that bad. even got greenlit. Um, uh, I don't understand it in any way, shape. Like we could talk about that another time. But yeah, <laughs> I don't get that one at all. I, 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 my mouth, I think, was actually agape as I was watching the preview for that. I was like, "What is this?" I didn't even yeah. really understand how that went. Um, I think. That is it for Super Chats. And we are actually coming up on the end of our time together. So I uh, am going to close things out. Ryan, super excited to have you on board, man. I know that you and I are going to do a bunch of shows, I'm sure, together moving forward. Uh, Really excited about it. I can't even – I mean, if the people don't understand what you bring to the table after this show, they're never going to understand it. So uh, make sure you check out Ryan's stuff over at irishbreakdown.com. I know you said you've got something up there on, on Bowen. I know that for sure. Uh, yeah. And there will be more stuff coming uh, because as, as Brian mentioned, you've already been in contact with, with recruits and, and thing over the Christmas holiday. I mean, talk about jumping in with both feet, man. So we're, we're so excited to have you on board uh, the IB nation and everybody's going to be super excited to have you here. So uh, keep a lookout, everybody. Make sure if you're watching us on YouTube that you hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, just in case we may have a night show every now and again. You never know where things are going to go, you know, breaking news, all that fun stuff. So make sure you hit that notification bell. If you're listening to us on a podcast, give us a five-star review, hit that subscribe button. And, uh, you know, we're going to come back at you tomorrow at 1230. I'm sure that uh, Brian will be in the house tomorrow because he will be fresh off of his flight in from Arizona. So we'll all be back in the frozen tundra of northern indiana and uh, i believe it's going to be six degrees is the high on thursday so really fired up about that um so until next time everybody i'm vince daddario i'm the football analyst that guy right there is ryan roberts he is our recruiting what what is your official title my man recruiting analyst recruiting Recruiting analyst analyst. all right he's our lead recruiting analyst i'm going to throw that out there too you put that on your business card as well uh so for ryan i'm vince we'll talk to you guys next time on the irish breakdown podcast